welcome to the Goat Channel Podcast. All right, first up, we're going to do an all sports edition. And that's going to start off including the UFC fight night over Bream versus Sake. And so we're going to start with the last match and work our way up. And so we're just going to go around fight by fight, do our predictions. We'll talk in depth about more of the bigger fights. So here we go. Cole Smith is a plus 175 against Hunter Azur, which is a minus 200 favorite. So, so we're going to go with Hunter Azur in the first matchup of the night. On to the next one, we have Alexander Romanoff and Marcus Rogerio de Lima. I don't see any odds, so I'm guessing it is an even matchup. I've got... I'm going to take Alexander Romanoff. This is a heavyweight fight. That's going to be here. There's nine matches total. It's going to be eight. Next up is the women's flyweight. We got Vivian Aharjo at a minus 190 favorite against Montana De La Rosa at a plus 170. I'm going to take Montana De La Rosa. And and this is probably who I'm going to take during my DraftKings or anything, so I'm just giving you all an idea. We'll also talk about the fighters a little more. So, next up, Andre Muniz. Versus Bartos Fabiniski. I know I butcher some of these names, but that's a middleweight fight. Plus 120 is Menuz. Fabiniski is at minus 163. And I'm going to take Munez. Munez. Then we got Diego Moises. This is a lightweight against Jalen Turner. Moises is a minus 185 favorite and I'm going to take him in this fight Jalen Turner is a plus 165 we got Michael Pereira Salim Imadiv and I really like Michael Pereira he um solid fighter I was trying to think about what his last fight was. So let me look that up real quick. He has lost his last two fights, but he's a very skilled fighter. And I really like his game. Usually when he loses, it's a decision. He's lost three other ways. Uh, He has 11 losses, eight of them by decision. So... And he has TKO submissions. He's a he's a well-rounded fighter and could be a potential title contender if he could just put it together because he's very skilled. So obviously I'm going to take him. And we got match number three up here. We got the women's bantamweight. We got Sajari Eubanks at a plus 130. And Carol Rosa 
at a one minus 161 favorite. I'm going to go with Rosa in that one. Now, one of my favorite fighters is next up. And unfortunately, I'm not going to take him because I just don't think he's going to win, to be honest with you. But it's uh, OSP. OSP is probably one of my favorite fighters. I just enjoy watching him fight. I've, I became a fan early on in his career when he basically first started. Uh, but Minifield is a knockout artist, and OSP sometimes don't take the punches very well. And so I think that's where this one's going to turn a little bit. He's going to get hit, and I think he's probably going to shy away just a tad, and that's going to kind of be the downfall for OSP. He's got a really well-rounded game, OSP. He's a plus-115 underdog. Minifield is a, even though he lost his last fight by decision, is a minus one thirty five favorite at light heavyweight division. Now, OSP has the experience; he has the most fights and all that. So, but I just I'm afraid. What happens with him, and I've seen it happen many a times, is he'll he'll take a punch, he'll get hit, and that's about it for him. He won't, you know, he'll shy away then, and he gets out of his game. So that's that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with OSP. So I got Minifield winning, probably by KO. And eventually we'll probably do some of these and I'll actually say what they're going to win by and what round and stuff. But I think Minifield by KO and maybe maybe in the first. I think it might be early. Even though he lost his last fight. So, main event of the Saturday 9-5 fight night event. So, September 5th. We got Alistair Overeem and Augusto Sake. And you know, these guys are fighting a lot quicker now you know they're they're turning their turnarounds a lot quicker with all this going on i guess they're just getting them in as quick as they can and paying them and i guess if you don't take any hits or nothing you're still out there making the money so overeem is a minus 155 favorite and augusto is a plus 135 underdog and I'm actually, I really think Augusto's going to win. But this could be a one of those tough matchups. My thinking, though, is that Augusto's going to win by a TKO. Another guy like Overeem is a guy who kind of shies away when he gets kind of hit pretty good. Um, he'll shy away just a little bit. And I think that might be his downfall in this one. Because Augusto has 11 TKOs and 4 decisions. Obviously, Overeem has been around a long time. Overeem's overall record is 46-18. and 18. Overeem's not bad. There's no doubt about it. It should definitely be a stand-up fight. And they're going to throw. And I believe one of them's going to get knocked out. 
and I believe it's probably going to be over him. So that's that's my pick for that is Augusto. So that is Overeem versus Sake UFC Fight Night September 5th predictions. The plus minus for them right now, the favorites and betting odds. And so that's it for this segment. We'll be right back after this little break. So next up in this little sports conversation, I just want to talk about, and I don't know if it'll be just baseball players, but I just want to talk about these players who have these nice years and then they kind of struggle and, you know, aren't the same players as they were once, basically. And I want to start off by talking about Bryce Harper, who is one of my favorite players, because I started watching him as this youngster, you know, when he first got the, his story of going to Juco because of the competition and to use wood bats and the competition being too easy. I loved that story. And then you kept hearing about Bryce Harper. And then I was, you know, watching him when he got drafted and everything. And obviously he got paid by the Phillies. Overpaid, it's looking like. Which is awful. I mean, to think about how much he got paid and kind of what's going on, you know. I mean, he's making, what, 13 years, $330 million, signed through 2031. But this guy... And we'll talk about other ones. We'll think about some other ones who's had some really good years. But but the weird thing about Harper is he's won the MVP. So, like, he was the best in the league at one point. And the year he won the MVP, he absolutely mashed. Like, he was the best player in the league obviously but he had an OPS of 1.109 3.30 batting average which is by far his best he had one year where he was 3.19 batting average but he also didn't play very well he only played 111 games that year so he had a 3.30 batting average which is by far his best so I don't know what happened to his batting average he still had 131 strikeouts, which was quite a bit. He had his second most walks. He only had 99 RBIs. He had 42 home runs, which is by far his best. He had 118 runs, which is another by far best. So, he was good, obviously. And... So, I just don't know what happened to him. It's crazy. Like he's he's been All Star multiple times, six time All Star. He's twenty seven years old, but last year he hit two sixty. So, and his he's hit under two eighty. Six times in his career. So he's just not an average guy. But last year, 
He had 114 RBIs, 35 home runs, which are solid numbers. Those right there should be all-star numbers compared to some of his other numbers because the 114 RBIs are his best. His 35 home runs are his second best. But I guess the reason I, I think he just like, I feel like he's not in the MVP conversations. He got paid this big amount of money. And he's not... I know he's not Mike Trout, but he's not putting up these really big numbers. I mean, that's a solid stat line. Last year, he had a solid stat line, but it's not like he made this big, huge difference to his team. So that's where I really feel like he fell off. So far this year, he's played in 28 games. His batting average, though, is 290. 19 strikeouts, 22 walks. He has 7 home runs, 21 RBIs. So he's not having a terrible season. But it's just not that eye-popping season where you're talking about him being a all-star player necessarily. You're not talking about him being that MVP caliber player he was. And he's not making this huge difference for a Phillies team who is right now under 500. So as a guy who I guess you expect more out of, and that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit in some of these athletes who have these good years, but you kind of expect more from them. So Bryce Harper was the first one of the subject. So if we take this into a historic context, instead of kind of a current situation, a guy that comes to mind in baseball was Mark Fidrick. Fidrick could serve as the poster boy. Is why I was looking up here. So, listen to this, though. He did have injuries. And there's that's the case with a lot of guys. Like Think about like Todd Gurley recently and the injuries he had. Todd Gurley... It is elite and could be an MVP contender, but then injuries hit him. Think about like Robert Griffin when he was at his peak. Injuries got him. There's plenty of guys who've had good years uh, without injuries and then got injured and it's kind of like, you know, they disappeared. But Frigic's posted a major league two three four ERA along with the nineteen nine record, but he never won six games after that. So that that's pretty crazy. And you know NFL wise, a lot of these guys have one year or a couple years where they're good like receivers. I mean, I could think of Michael Clayton off the top of my head. I could think of Antonio Bryant maybe had a couple, but, you know, a lot of these guys just think they're, they have one good year and then that's about, that's where it ends. But that's just kind of, and then you have, football seems like it's got a lot of guys that do that. And... One reason I think it's systematic, so it's kind of a systematic thing in football, 
if you get the right system, then you can have a really good year. And then you get paid. But that's any sport. If you can have an okay year and it's your contract year, you're going to get paid. But, so, injuries get people all the time. So, that's the thing. But but Bryce Harper, he's been injured some. And that's just to bring it back to Bryce Harper. He's been injured some, but... And his numbers aren't that bad, but it's the, the price you paid for those numbers. And I guess we expect him to be maybe Mike Trout in a way because that's those are supposed to be the stars of the National League and the American League. That's just how it's supposed to be. And we did hit on this one as a football fan. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had, you know, a couple good years. And then the issue became the knee. And for the last two years, we've talked about it. The playoffs talked about it. He's going to bounce back this year. He's with the Falcons. He's their star running back. They act like they're going to limit him. But I think he's not as hurt as people say. I, I just, I believe he still has some in the tank. We'll see. But he's another guy who had this great year. It happens to the quarterbacks all the time. And right now, if you look at Baker Mayfield, now it doesn't mean Baker Mayfield can't turn it around because this, this is his third year in the league. But his first year, super solid as a rookie. His second year, there was no progression, though. If anything, there was a little bit of regression, but there was definitely no progression. So, this year, this is the determined year to me. He's got to make it happen this year. they got to help him, the coaches and stuff, but he's a guy, he's another guy who so far has had a really good year. And there's a lot of these guys who have good rookie years or a good second year or something, and then they just fall off because they, cause they don't progress. They these quarterbacks what happens to them is they'll look really good because nobody's watching their tendencies nobody's got that film tape of you know what it looks like in professional football and then once they get that it they they game plan around it and so once they game plan around it then they basically regress because all these teams are game planning around what they do best so that's the case in football though football that's one reason why football has a lot of one-year wonders because they'll hit their stride everything will come together one year because in football you gotta have good blocking you gotta have other guys to help you out because football is such a team sport and that's why they can have one good year in football and then fall off. But it's just really weird how in baseball, because baseball is the same sport. And baseball is the hardest sport I've ever played. But baseball, you you kind of got to go through the same motion each time. It's not really a team sport. You do have to have some protection in your lineup, but you still got to be able to hit a ball. It's just how it works. So, that's just a little rant about... I Really, I wanted to start out by talking about Bryce Harper. 
but I wanted to talk about kind of one-hit wonders, athletes who kind of have one great year, and then they're, you know, they're never the same. They never get back to where they were. And I hope Bryce Harper can eventually do that. He's only 27, but it just feels like, I mean, last year was a good year, but it didn't feel like he was a difference maker. And I want to see him be a star and a different ma- difference maker. So maybe he can get it pulled together. Right now, he's still, I think, on pace to probably eventually be a Hall of Famer. But I just, I want him to be better, I guess, than he is. Because I think he still has that potential that he had when he was a kid. So, that's a little bit. One year wonders, declining players. And then we'll take a little break and we'll be back with the GOAT quote of the day. We are back with the GOAT quote of the day. This one comes from the liars out there and the truth tellers. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. So, if you're telling the truth, then it's the truth. So you don't have to remember it because it is what it is. But if you make something up and you lie about it, then you have to try to remember your lies. And I know some people out there who are just liars and they'll make a lie up about anything and they'll keep the lie going. But that lie will change every time because they don't remember their first lie. So then their lies just build up and they continue to lie about it and you'll hear five different stories. So basically the goat quote of the day, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything and we'll be right back after this break. Thank you for tuning in to the Goat Channel Podcast. If you like any of this material or any other material, go to check out the YouTube and all my links. Appreciate you listening. Until next time, go out.